Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey guys, Deb's here along with, I'm so excited to tell y'all this, one of my most favorite people in the world, Anika Murray. Hey everyone, so glad to be here today. Glad you are here. Listen, guys, if you've not listened to one of our former uh, podcasts with Anika on it, you have certainly missed out. She's an amazing woman of God, great friend to me. We serve together at church. She is not only a wife, a mother of five, she is a pastor, an author, just an amazing teacher of the Word. So you are really in for a treat today. Thanks, Deb. All right, so guys, Lauren is not here with us today, unfortunately. As you know, I talked about last episode, she was in a car accident. She is doing okay, but she did have some um, just repercussions from the accident. She's been real sore, and so she's had to take some muscle relaxers and just take it easy. So I told her, just take some time, you know, time off, get better. So continue to pray for her as she is just recovering from that accident. So Anika, last episode, I began talking about the biblical principle of cultivating, which is something I want to continue talking about today. And the bottom line is when we cultivate, it's going to take time and work. And I personally think if there's anything that we need to begin and be cultivating in our life now more than ever, it is having a biblical worldview. Absolutely. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I totally agree. You know, just even looking at society today, to me, it's obvious that um, many don't have a biblical worldview or a Christian worldview. And what we mean by that is just having, looking at the world um, in view of the Bible and of the Word of God and having that as our measure. Um, and without that, what we do is we tend to come up with our own ideas, our own philosophies, our own thoughts, and our own viewpoints. And even today, everyone has a viewpoint and we um, tend to say everyone is right, but we know that um, biblically there is a way, and then that is the way of Christ, and that is the way He gives us a way to think. He tells us to transform our minds to be for our minds to be renewed, and that begins by understanding the Word of God and having that as our foundation. So true, and we share on here a lot of times some of the Barna research that people really aren't. Um, as a general rule, in the Word of God. And so if you're not, and the Bible is not informing how you view things, yourself, the things that are happening in the world, uh, you definitely are open to a lot of deception. And that is going to have a significant impact on your day-to-day living. And so getting in the Word of God, understanding that it is reliable, that it is inspired, that it is completely trustworthy, that it tells us in Timothy that 
the Word of God is there to bring us correction, to lead us in the way of righteousness, to teach us how to live. We could say it time and time again, the Bible is your manual for living. So when we talk about cultivating as a biblical principle, that means we're going to the Word of God. It has something to say about this idea of cultivation. And as we understand that and apply that to our life, it is going to produce something. Well, you know, Deb, the Bible tells us in Philippians 2 verse 12 to work out our salvation. And that means to cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity. Yeah. And, you know, cultivate does involve doing the work. It has to do with preparation, being intentional about tending to and keeping, you know, those areas that we want to grow in and develop in. But it's really about doing the work. And I love what you said last week. You know, we want all the perks without the work. And cultivate is all about getting in there, and really doing the work that it requires for us to um, go to that next level of maturity or that next level of growth in our lives. So if we aren't cultivating, things are naturally going to decline in our lives. You know, cultivating is something that we need to understand. It's really first and main. And we were created to cultivate. That's our original and universal Purpose. And that hasn't changed even from the beginning, from Genesis. Yeah, because in Genesis, in uh, chapter 2, verse 15, it says that God placed Adam um, in the garden to cultivate it and to keep it. Um, Two things. So not only cultivating, but guarding. So basically tending to and keeping. We are stewards. Um, That has been God's intention from the very beginning. It has not changed today. We know that Adam and Eve uh, stumbled, fell. There were some consequences to that. But um, one of the things that I think is really interesting is, as I was studying some of this, in Genesis 2-5, the Bible says that no plant had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth. There was no man to cultivate the ground. So God had like prepared creation. And until he created man and actually had someone to be a cultivator, it says that he had not brought creation to culmination. Now that's significant because I believe there's a principle there. Until God finds a cultivator, there are things that are going to lie dormant. And once he has someone that says, yep, I recognize that I've been placed in this particular um, area, given responsibility, and I will work under you, submitted to you, then and only then are things that God has put and established, you know, in the earth for us, that is when those things will be released. The things that have been dormant, God will actually bring to culmination in our life. I love that. That's so good. So God wants you to know that your purpose, if you've ever wondered what it is, um, you start here being a cultivator in whatever realm, sphere, field, however you want to call it, with whatever you've already been given. You've been given something. And as you begin to steward that and steward it well, then there are going to be things that are released to you. And as you work under in submission with God, then you will find uh, results coming your way. 
which is awesome. You know, the second thing, so yes, you're created to be a cultivator. That's in your DNA. The second thing is understanding the law of seed time and harvest. Now, just like I said, Adam and Eve were put in the garden originally to cultivate, and there was a blessing on them. They were given a dominion mandate. We know that they rebelled against God, disobeyed, and there were consequences. One of those consequences is the ground was cursed, right? I thought from a long time, you know, until Jesus, like, that that curse remained. But actually, that curse was reversed in Genesis through Noah. So we know that uh, God uh, flooded the earth, right? He tells Noah to build an ark. He rescues Noah, his family. They come out the other side. God actually established this principle, this law that we're talking about of seed time and harvest with Noah. So listen to this. In Genesis uh, chapter 8, verses 21 through 22, it says, When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from his youth. And never again will I destroy all living things as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. And then in Genesis 9, God blessed Noah and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. You know, so what does all that mean? It means that that covenant that God made with Noah is actually still in effect today, and it extends to all of us. And it's an unconditional covenant. You know, he says, even though the inclinations of his heart, even though you're like, messed up. I'm not. And so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And what does he say? Seed time and harvest. That law will remain. So the curse on the ground has been broken. Man's dominion mandate was like reestablished right then. And it says it would not cease. So what is crazy, I had never seen this before. So the Bible says the very first thing Noah does after coming out of the ark, God giving this covenant, you know, painting the rainbow in the sky. It says Noah began in Genesis 9.20 to farm and cultivate the ground. He planted a vineyard. One translation says that he became a master of the soil. Wow. How awesome is that? So awesome. You know, and we know that he went on to, um, you know, multiply and, you know, fill the earth and all of that. The crazy thing, though, is do you know what Noah's name means? Noah's name means rest. And so what happens is prior to the flood, there's a curse on on the ground. There's toil, sweat. After the flood, the curse is broken. And so when any of us begins to understand the law of seed time and harvest, which means if we sow, we will reap and we cooperate with God, then there will be a rest because results equal rest, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So when we think about cultivating, just remember whatever you cultivate dominates. Say it again. Whatever you cultivate dominates. So if you want to reap in a particular area, 
If you'll begin cultivating in that area, you will reap because you have guaranteed results and whatever you cultivate will begin to dominate. I love that principle of sowing and reaping. You know, when thinking about this, I think about Ecclesiastic. Uh You know how it talks about in Ecclesiastics 3 verses 1 through 4, to everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. Yeah. You know, even when it comes to seed time and harvest, there's a time where you sow and then you're going to reap. That's a biblical principle. And it started there with, you know, um, Noah. But also in um, Galatians, we're taught to not grow weary in our well-doing because we will reap if we don't give up. And so there is that principle of sowing. You keep on sowing because you're going to reap. And we reap a harvest of whatever we have sown and whatever we've planted. And it does take cultivating that right soil, being mindful of what's planted in it so that what we sow, we will get the results that we're really looking for. Love that. So in your own life, Anika, how has this principle, um, how have you applied this principle? Well, you know, I realized that things don't just happen or don't happen by happenstance. Um, And I've been really intentional about my own growth and development. We know that we don't work for our salvation, but it does need to be worked out. And one of the um, fruits of the Spirit, the peace of God, peace is um, something that I've been cultivating in my life. That is what's really important to me. And the way that I've been able to do this or the way that I I do this, so there's no arrival at a peace point. So let me just say (laughs) that. So I'm not like at, you know, the state of, and I hate to bring in like some new age stuff, state of what, I don't know what it is, uh, Nirvana or whatever, where you're like, oh, I'm just going to have all this inner peace, you know, whatever. But I'm talking about the peace of God that like passes a natural understanding. But it really comes from setting aside time to be with God. I don't want to oversimplify that, but that is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So just making time for the Prince of Peace in my life. So just being intentional about my relationship with God, spending time with Him and being able to just um, cultivate that. So you, even when I think about sowing and planting and this whole thing that we're talking about, I think about environment. So just even in my own environment during my personal time or at home, just creating an environment that fosters peace Mm. and not chaos. So just um, even in my conversation with people, making sure that uh, my words are seasoned with salt, (laughs) that I'm trying to maintain a way of just um, speaking the word of God, but also with kindness, with with peace (laughs) from uh, my words as well. And also just um, staying in the Word of God, just being, having that as a foundation, as we talked about a biblical worldview. Like if you look at everything that's going on, you know, there is uh, so much anxiety, so many reasons to be worrisome. But in Philippians, it says to pray about everything, don't worry about anything, be thankful. The peace of God that passes all understandings will guard your hearts and mind. So just having a, a thanksgiving. In your heart. So it's just different ways, but I really think that the peace of God is so important to me. And that's something that I've been able to cultivate and I am currently cultivating in my life. And I think you do an incredible job 
at that. And the other thing is like, you're not a complainer. And I, I have that conversation with Bill all the time. I'm like, with as much stuff as you have going on with five children, you have one um, son who has special needs. I have never been on the phone with you. And we talk almost daily. Never been on the phone with you one time where I've ever heard you yell at your children, where they've done something and like, where you're like, I got to go and, or, or you fuss about something, not once, but it's because you have cultivated that. Yeah. And it has and taken time. I've grown mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not automatic, you know, it's really intentional. So it's pausing, it's thinking, it's taking a moment, but realizing that Holy Spirit helps us to have self-control and to walk in that peace. Like I said, he's the Prince of Peace and he comes to comfort and help us. So I'm constantly asking the Holy Spirit, help me. (laughs) So good. All right. So if there are people listening today and they want to begin, you know, operating, cooperating, if you will, with this principle of cultivating, that they understand seed time, harvest, if they sow, they'll reap. They are looking at areas of their life and they're saying, okay, God wants me to be a cultivator. I've been given areas to steward. I need to uh, look at the field that I have. I want to begin cultivating. I want to plant. You know, what would you say to them? Yeah, first I would say take some time to really identify those areas. And as you said, fields that um, need cultivating and you want to cultivate in your life. Cultivating takes self-evaluation, some critical self-evaluation. So I would ask um, these questions of myself, maybe even write down some thoughts. Um, What are the things you're considering cultivating? And if that area in your life was flourishing, what would it look like to you? And just giving some thought to that. Even thinking about the characteristics that you want to see developed in your life and even in those specific areas areas, thinking about the fruits of the spirit or different things that you want to see um, operating in your life. And when thinking about this, we also have to think about there may be some hindrances, things that may be in the way of us getting to that place that we want to see growing in development. So, you know, maybe you're worried about something or afraid or obstacles that's keeping us from growing. So I would say really ask the Holy Spirit to help you to identify the areas that you want to cultivate and also to identify what's keeping you from cultivating. Awesome. All right. So that's great advice. Anything else? Yeah. When you're doing this, um, thinking about what could be a step that you can take, I think it's very important to take steps towards what you're seeing or what you're hoping for, believing for, working towards. Um, There's always a next step that you can take. There's always something that you can do. Um, In some areas, you may want to um, step out, step out in a a new venture. It may be something that you haven't done before, but it's really been on your heart and you want to step out. I was saying you step step out in that area. You may want to um, step back from some things. You may want to step away. You may want to step forward into, you know, your calling. So there's different next steps that you can take. But um, just 
identifying at least one thing that you can do towards what you are um, wanting to cultivate. I love that. And that does not feel overwhelming. A lot of times when we hear some of these things and we know that there's an area that maybe there's been degeneration, there's been decline, it may seem like such a big mountain to climb. But if we can come back and just remember, like, what's one step that I can take to begin moving in that direction? Oftentimes, one step will give us a little bit of motivation, and then we'll see a little bit of result from that. And step upon step, we get into that momentum cycle. Excuse me, that begins to work for us. And before long, you're much further than you would have ever anticipated. But it began by taking one step. Exactly. Because if you're standing still, you're not going to go anywhere. So good. So take at least one step. Love it. All right. Anything else? Well, I would say don't give up. Just stick with it. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11, 6 says, plant your seed in the morning. Keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit would come from one activity or another or maybe both. So I would say we have to keep on cultivating, keep on planning. Um, In Ecclesiastes 11 and 4, I love this from the Living Bible. It says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you would never get anything done. And so even if the time doesn't seem quite right, you make preparations in that off season. I have an example. Uh, My son plays basketball and there's something called basketball season, Mm -hmm. which really happens in the fall. Uh, But do you know what he does all year long? Practice, prepare, practice and prepare in the off season. So even um, during the summertime, there's camps, there's trainings, there's these things to prepare you for, um, for that season. And so when you think about what to cultivate, always consider the kind of person you want to become and who you are called to be. I put it this way, you know, our to-do list should always come after our to-be list. So turn your to-do into a to-be. I absolutely Love that. So what is on your to what is your to be list? When I think about what I'm to be, I'll think about I need to be relational. So from that I build my to-do list. If I'm relational, that means I need to call Deb every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) I need to catch up with someone for lunch. So I'll put that on my to-do list. If I am to be the mother that I'm supposed to be. That means I'm going to take my son to basketball every day. (laughs) So just, um, and then thinking about the type of person, you know, that I want to be, I am pastoral. So as opposed to writing down all the things I need to do as a pastor, being pastoral is praying for someone, calling them, preparing a meal, different things like that. So what I do when I think about my um, list is I write down, who I want to be, who I am. And from that, I write down, what do I have to do based on that? I love that. Y'all, that's a mic drop right there. Guys, Anika has shared some great insights with us today. You know, I just want to leave you with this as we wrap up. Who do you want to be? As you answer that question, I really believe that's going to give you insight into the area that you are to begin cultivating in your life. You know, what are you going to cultivate in this season? Don't give up. If you plant, if you sow, you will reap. That is the promise 
and the principle of seed time and harvest, I want to encourage you, go away from listening to this podcast, get into the Bible, do some internet researches on the principle of seed time and harvest, dig into that and begin to apply that to your life because there's guaranteed results if you will begin to apply this principle in your life. Anyway, that's it for today. We're so glad that you joined us. Lauren will be back with us next time. As always, thanks for joining us. This is your avenue to living well. We can't wait to meet with you here again at First in Maine. Have a great week.